Welcome to Living the Dream Outdoors, the official podcast of Living the Dream Outdoor Properties. We live by the motto, it's not just land, it's a lifestyle. And we live the outdoor lifestyle every day. Whether you're a landowner or dreaming of joining the ranks of those closest to the earth, we're your brothers and sisters of the outdoors. We hunt, we fish, we're stewards of the land. And our Living the Dream team will show you the way to enjoying the land and all the outdoor pursuits it has to offer. Here's your host, Bill Cooper. We are right in the middle of the Missouri spring turkey season. It's one of the grandest times of the years, and I love getting out there and chasing the big old monster eastern turkey gobblers that we have here in the Missouri Ozarks. But today I'd like to talk about a topic that's, hey, kind of hot and it's kind of an issue and has been for quite some time. But a lot of turkey hunters, you know, most of us enjoy calling those gobblers up close. We like to hear them gobble. We like to see them dance and and put on a show for the hens. But, uh, you know, turkey hunting has uh, long been a very dangerous sport because we're kind of going against nature. We're trying to call the gobbler to us by sounding like a hen. And uh, in the natural order of things, it's right to reverse. The gobbler struts and displays, and the hens come to him. So when we kind of reverse nature like that, well, there are other human beings, hunters out in the woods, that uh, will hear those hen calls as well. And quite often, hunters will try to sneak up or stalk gobblers and if they hear a hidden sound. They hear a gobbler responding. Sometimes they try to get in between the two. And this situation sets up some very dangerous scenarios uh, because two hunters after the same bird, in particular if they're stalking, uh, can lead to problems. And normally uh, that's one of the biggest contributors to turkey hunting accidents in the springtime. Fortunately, our Missouri Department of Conservation has been working for the last 30 years or so trying to reduce uh, turkey hunting accidents and have been quite successful at it. At one time, turkey hunting was our most dangerous sport and uh, that has been reduced greatly. But you got to use a lot of common sense when you're out there in the turkey woods, you know. Uh, you always, particularly if you're on public land, you have to pretty much assume that somebody else is calling to or maybe even stalking the same bird that you're trying to bring to the gun. And one of the things that has arisen in turkey hunting over the last couple of days, uh, decades, is actually crawling on turkeys. That's a form of stalking. A lot of guys, you know, just slowly slip through the woods and call every now and then and hoping to get a gobbler to respond. And then they sit down right at uh, that spot and begin to work that bird while others uh, continue going through the woods and quite often wind up bumping a, a bird and you know, ending the hunt for themselves as well as anybody else that might have been calling to that bird. But crawling on turkeys is an entirely different situation. Uh, I've done it a few times. I'm not a big fan of it. I only do it on private property where I'm relatively sure that no one else will, will be hunting. But I can remember about three, dec about three decades ago uh, when I had a gobbler gobble across a small creek and up uphill and began to work on that bird and I moved towards it. It wasn't moving for a long time so I moved uh, close to distance quite a bit and I wound up 
on a, a the opposite bank from the gobbler, and it was wooded and grass was fairly high. But I wound up uh, getting down in a kind of a little swag or hole, and it was just a few yards to the bank, and there was a gravel and sandbar down over the bank. Well, I kept working that gobbler, and he kept responding, and I could tell he'd worked his way downhill a little bit, and quite often hunters will tell you that you can't call a gobbler downhill. Well, I've done it several times, but uh, it's not the easiest thing in the world to do. But I worked that bird, and everything was looking great, and uh, uh, I wasn't sure that it would uh, come all the way, but it was still early in the morning, very early, and a bit foggy. I was having trouble seeing all the way across the creek, but then I heard the heavy wing beats of a gobbler uh, taking flight, and that that gobbler actually soared across the creek and landed on the sandbar right over the hump for me. The bird wasn't uh, 20 yards away, probably, if it was that far. But I had an issue. I couldn't see him. So the only other option I had was to attempt to move on that bird just a little bit, and I was well hidden. So long as I could crawl or move without making a lot of uh, sound, uh, I could get in within shotgun range of that turkey and kill it. But I had one problem, that little depression I was in, the direction I needed to go, there was about three inches of water in it, and it was about 40 degrees that morning. So uh, if I actually crawled through that water, I was going to get wet, and I was going to be very chilly. But being young and being the turkey hunter I was, I began the slow, low military crawl. I had eased the strap of the shotgun up over my back and put that shotgun in the cradle of my back so that it would not get wet so away i went i'd crawl just a few inches and and i'd listen and i could easily hear this big gobbler strutting and drumming dragging his wings in the sand so i knew he was still there he was still waiting on that hen to show up and uh, i was so close i didn't want to call anymore so i'd wait a minute too and then i'd crawl a few more inches and uh, keep closing the distance on this gobbler and I probably crawled uh, over the course of 10 or 15 minutes crawled another 10 or 15 yards still completely uh, hidden by the just a little roll uh, between me and the bank and then down over the bank where the gobbler was putting on his display and ever two or three minutes I'd peek up just a little bit to where I could see that gobbler's fan, and I could tell that he had his back to me, which was, uh, hey, great for my situation. And I was just hoping in the whole process that nobody would come through the woods or would call to that gobbler, and he would stay right there and stay with me and keep looking for that hen in the bush, so to speak. But I made my final move, and I peeked up over the bank, uh, and I could see the gobbler still in full strut, and he'd gobble every once in a while, and boy, being so close, it was just it was just like it was shaking the leaves on the trees. But it was a very exciting hunt. But I was closing the distance, and uh, hey, the moment of truth was quickly approaching. But the gobbler was still faced away from me, and that's not a great shot. You don't want to shoot through that fan and tear it all up. So I had a mouth call in my mouth, and I just uh, gave a soft, soft uh, call, and that gobbler spun around and of course poked his head up to look to hope to be able to see that hen in the bush and that's when the winchester load of number fives smacked him right in the face and head and down he went flopping on that uh, sandbar on on the sides of a beautiful little ozark stream now that was an exceptional hunt 
They don't always turn out that way. But what fun it was that morning to tag that gobbler and slinging over my shoulder and begin my long hike out of the Ozark Hills. Now, that's a scenario that uh, takes place out in the turkey woods almost every day. Somebody somewhere is going to be sneaking up on a gobbler. And there's been a, uh, a development in the last decade or so that uh, kind of bothers me, and I've never done this. Uh, guys are using uh, just fans that they attach on the front of their barrels, and and uh, they use these uh, situations a lot with field turkeys. In other words, a turkey out strutting in the middle of a field may have a hen or two with them, and they're very difficult to call. So guys are using a sneak approach with a fan or there is a i think a, a strut and run decoy they call it maybe it's a full body decoy that guys can maneuver with one hand crawl along behind it and it's actually got a stake on it where when they get to the point that they want to crawl to that they can job that stake in the ground and that that uh, decoy is going to stand them and they hide behind that all hunker down and hope to crawl up on a turkey very, very close. Now, of course, being out in a wide open field and doing that is one thing. I mean, it's still dangerous, but uh, another hunter should be able to see you while you're doing that. But to use those uh, uh, hide-behind decoys and crawl along the edge of a field or in the woods would be extremely dangerous, and I do not recommend that at all. Now, the videos I've seen, you've probably seen them too, looks very exciting when uh, guys are crawling up on one or maybe two, three, four, or five gobblers out in a field, and it's just a very suspenseful hunt because you do expect the, <coughs> excuse me, the turkeys to bust that hunter at any time, but lots of people swear by them, and they've been very successful at killing turkeys with them. Even bow hunters use them. But I, I would issue an extreme uh, caution order, man, when it comes down to trying to decide whether or not you want to use that kind of decoy. Uh, again, I'm not a big fan of them uh, and, uh, because it just creates a dangerous situation, and you need to think long and hard before you go to that type of of hunting, but uh, a lot of us have crawled on turkeys and even through the woods. You know, uh, maybe a gobbler gets hung up out there at seventy-five yards, and maybe uh, oftentimes if you've laid down, and that's something I seldom ever do because I like to stay set up against a tree with my, my back to a, a, an oak tree broader than my shoulders, and that gives me some protection from the back. But I can also still see very good through the woods, you know, for quite a long ways unless the, the brush is just uh, too thick. But when you get in a situation where you lay down on your stomach in the woods and are attempting to crawl forward, you're limiting your view a great, great deal. And most often a gobbler is going to have to get very close to you for you to be able to see him and pull the trigger. But again, uh, you're putting yourself in a dangerous situation when you're crawling through the woods because uh, one of, still for decades, the most common turkey hunting accident that we have in the state of Missouri is mistaken for game. In other words, there's a hunter out there looking for the same bird you are or working or he may be crawling up on it as well. And people can get excited when they're hunting. They see a little bit of movement. Sometimes people shoot at movement. Yeah, it's a bad thing to do and can uh, unfortunately 
turn out to be another hunter, and then you've got an accident or a, a death on your hands. And that's not any of us, uh, anything any of us want to deal with or want to have to live with for the rest of your life. So follow your hunter education instruction. Identify your target. Make sure you see a visible beard before you pull that trigger. Because once you pull that trigger, you cannot take that shot back. So be safe out there. Enjoy the great outdoors. Enjoy our Missouri turkey season. There's thousands of birds have died already. And going to the dinner table for some great uh, meals as well as some fond memories and some great stories that'll be told but once again think 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 before you begin to crawl or stalk a wild turkey in the missouri ozarks or anywhere else hey i'm out there turkey hunting myself and uh, i'm living the dream i hope you'll be able to do the same i'm bill cooper the living the dream outdoors podcast is brought to you by Cowtown USA, Alps Outdoors, Cardiac Mountain Outfitters, The Fly Rod Journals, Westover Farms, Scenic Rivers Taxidermy, and Living the Dream Outdoor Properties. Land ownership is the American dream. Land is the basis of all life. Our wise use of this most precious of resources ensures the survival and growth of free institutions and our American way of life. At Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, we value the traditions and freedoms that land provides us. Every day we seek the solace of a mountain sunrise over traffic jams and smog, the calming silence of a bubbling stream over the sirens of the city, and the quiet of the countryside over the hustle and bustle of the world. We hunt, we fish, we farm. We live off the land. It's our mission to help our clients live out their dreams on the land as we do. At Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, we believe that it's not just land, it's a lifestyle. Join us five days a week on Living the Dream Outdoor Podcast as the Living the Dream Outdoor Dream Team explores the most desired outdoor properties in the Midwest and whisks you away to incredible hunting, fishing, and outdoor recreation opportunities. Host Bill Cooper, an inductee of the National Freshwater Fishing Hall of Fame, will be joined by members of the Living the Dream Outdoors team each week as they tell tall tales, unveil tips and tactics, and rub elbows with some of the biggest names in the outdoor world. You'll also find the Living the Dream Outdoors podcast on your favorite social media platforms, including Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok.